We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Page. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jake Balbrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers with you on this Wednesday edition of the show. It is college football season. It's almost college basketball season as we welcome in the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, Brian Haney, in just a few minutes here uh, as we track him down to talk about maybe both, you know, in college football this week, which is certainly in the spotlight. I'm intrigued by the Big 12 slate this week. Uh, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Lubbock is not not the dud, but sort of the game you can cast to the side a little bit. Kansas-Baylor, two teams that are really trying to position themselves in the top half. That's a huge game in Waco. Um, you've got Texas at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State home dogs again by almost a full touchdown. I can't believe that. Um, and then, of course, the big one around here. Kansas State, TCU, the Battle of Big 12 unbeatens in Fort Worth. Kansas State coming off of a bye. We'll have much more on that game uh, tomorrow with Tim Fitzgerald, our K-State insider. But, Tommy, this is a great weekend in the Big 12, and this is going to keep happening, right? Because, really, top to bottom, there are no teams that are sure-thing losers. So you're never going to get a game where you can just— I mean, and I don't care what the matchup is, right? Like, what game in the Big 12 right now, what potential matchup could you guarantee a win or loss for anybody? The league is great this year. It is, but then you look back historically, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer uh, when it comes to the Jayhawks uh, taking on Baylor, but Kansas has fared very, very poorly uh, against Baylor over the last decade. I, I think I saw that they've not scored more than 14 points in a game since 2011. Now, this is a different Kansas team than any team over the last decade. So that's a positive, and Baylor is um, down for sure. Um, So I I do think the game will be closer, but if uh, the last decade tells us anything, that might be the only game that I would imagine people would potentially think, hey, this could be a little bit more of a blowout. Yeah, I mean, I... Kansas has struggled against everybody over the last decade, right? Um, you know, it's been it's been rough for Kansas across across the board. <laughs> it's not so. I, I just think this is a little bit different in that way. Baylor is going to be desperate, though. Um, you know, Baylor had the expectations to potentially win the Big Twelve this year, and you know they had a double overtime loss on the road to BYU early, but that didn't really dissuade anything right like we still felt good then they went to Iowa State and got the big seven point win and and you're like okay like Baylor is good and then they lose by 11 to Oklahoma State at home and then they lose to West Virginia on the road but I don't think it's as bad as we're perceiving it to be with Baylor losing to Oklahoma State who I you know 
is not anything to be ashamed of. Losing on the road to BYU in double overtime is not anything to be ashamed of. The loss at West Virginia is interesting and strange, but losing in Morgantown isn't that unusual. I still consider Baylor a team that could play their way back into this thing, quite frankly. Uh, this is That's why this game it interests me so much, because Kansas may be a victim of timing again this week, as they were last week with Oklahoma, who sort of had its back against the wall, right? Oklahoma was in a very similar situation to what Baylor is in right now, sitting here, um, one and two in the conference, right? Just everybody's sort of counting them out at this point. But this is a team that was top 10 and, and projected to, to potentially win this league. That's that's tough for Kansas. They get them twice. You know, you'd rather have Baylor last week than this week, I think. Um, but that, you know, Kansas has got to deal with that now. Yeah, let me ask you this. Who do you think has more pressure going into their game this weekend, Kansas or Kansas State? Because Kansas, you know, they're one win away from being bowl eligible. They've dropped two in a row. Um, after that incredible start and all the national attention, they dropped out of the top 25. They're playing a Baylor team that they've struggled against in the past, but they're, uh, the, the playing field is much more level these days than it was. And then on the other, on, on the other side, you've got Kansas State. And they are taking on TCU, who's a top 10 team in the country. We talked about it quite a bit about how Kansas State controls their own destiny and in the driver's seat for a Big 12 championship. This game could potentially decide that. So who do you think has more pressure, Kansas or Kansas State? Kansas State has more pressure this weekend. I don't, I don't think it's particularly close because they, you know, they still haven't lost a game and they're coming off of a bye week and they get the opportunity right in front of their face. Uh, to go get this one. We welcome in the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. How much pressure is, uh, Brian Haney, how much pressure is on KU football this weekend? Bad timing again to play Baylor coming out of a couple of losses, but do you, do you feel pressure there, or these just all feel like opportunities at this point? Uh, I think there's pressure that mounts if the losing streak continues because the closer you get to the finish line without picking up the sixth win, that would get you bowl eligibility for the first time since 2008. I think each game becomes more and more pressure packed, but I don't think they're feeling a ton of it just yet. I think the defense is feeling some pressure from Brian Boylan to bounce back after a really rough weekend in Norman in terms of missed tackles and missed opportunities. And the OU runs a hundred plays and that tempo is, is tough to, uh, to keep up with, but at the same time, they need to do a better job of getting off the field. So they're feeling pressure. You know, Jason Bean is feeling pressure individually to be more consistent. Uh, but I, I think overall, in terms of like the, the team level of pressure, certainly it's there, but it's not quite as, as crazy loud as it might be You know, if you head into November still searching for, for that uh, sixth win. And that could be the case. We've got a bye week next week, and then Oklahoma State after that as, as you get back home. So we'll see. But this is a major opportunity game against a team that I think is in a similar wheelhouse to Kansas. And that's not been the case for the last decade or so when they've gone up against Baylor. This year, I, I think they feel that they are very much uh, contemporaries and, and very much you know in, in the same type of, of category in the Big 12. And that's saying something based on where Baylor was ranked to start the year. But as they've proven with three losses to this point, they can certainly be had. And Kansas hopes to be the next team to prove that. 
Yeah, Brian, you know, you look at the the Kansas schedule, I mean, even as far back uh, as over the summer when, when the schedule came out, and, and you kind of circled this stretch as being a really, really difficult one for the Jayhawks. Even before we knew that they were going to go 5-0 uh, and to start the season, they ran into a pretty desperate Oklahoma team last week. And, uh, you know, it, we, we all know that the struggles that the Sooners have had to start off their season. But you know what? It, it could have been a really easy game for the Jayhawks to go back to the Jayhawks of the past and say, hey, we kind of ran into a buzzsaw here. We don't have our starting quarterback. We don't have one of our top running backs. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant goes out with an injury. Uh, we we kind of get punched in the mouth early on. We could just fold it up and go home. That's not what the Jayhawks did. Talk a little bit about what you, what you saw and what you thought of the overall effort from start to finish from the Jayhawks on Saturday against Oklahoma. Well, I think you liked the fight throughout, and there were certain moments that rose up that made you feel really good about how far this team has come. And yet at the same time, I think if I'm being honest, the game probably wasn't as close as the final score indicated. And, and that's, you know, speaking from a constructive standpoint that knows this club is better than what they showed defensively, offensively, it really in every phase. And uh, it, it looks good on a paper in the end. You only lose by 10. That was the line that the, the prognosticators had. You score 42 points. That looks good a week after you lose your quarterback, Jalen Daniels. But then you look a little bit closer into it, and, and you see how many times OU was able to convert on third down, how many times Kansas's defense couldn't get off the field, how many times a, an OU player got to the second and third level because of a missed tackle. Um, and, and you look at things that Jason Bean could have done better. Two interceptions, one of which was just a – spectacular play by the OU defender, but uh, definitely some some key plays and throws he'd like to have back, some moments where uh, perhaps he could have been more effective with his feet, had the decision to run come sooner, or, or maybe done more downfield with the runner. But he's also trying to be, as we talked about in last week's episode, they want to utilize his speed, fastest Kansas quarterback we've had since Nolan Cromwell. But behind him, you have a true freshman, and so they can't take too many chances. But it's all an evolution process of him feeling out what he's capable of and and, uh, and, and when the time is right to, to really try to fight for that extra yard and, and when you want to just get down and, and live to play another snap. But I, I think by and large, I, I walked away from Norman disappointed that we weren't in the game more than what we were. And at the same time, as someone that's called a lot of beatdowns in Norman and Waco and Stillwater where you lose by five or six touchdowns, it was great to see how hard they competed. And maybe the case in point is you, you get inside the one-yard line, uh, your own one-yard line at the end of the first half, seven seconds on the clock, Kobe Bryant's just been carted off the field, and Kansas makes not one but two stops with less than a yard to go. And that just showed me the fight and, and, and the toughness and the will, you know, to, to be better than what they've been out of this Kansas football team. And Kenny Logan was the guy that led the way. He had 14 tackles, huge TFL interception as well. Kansas defense had two more fumble recoveries, a couple of which they, they were kind of gifts with the way that Gabriel lost the ball in both instances. But Kansas was there to pounce and capitalize, and those are all positive things. So I, I think the big takeaway, guys, is we could have been much better than what we were, and we have to learn from those things, particularly defensively. But we also saw a level of fight and competitiveness that, that might not have been there uh, in, in previous years under previous staffs that had teams that were, were a little more downtrodden. And, and uh, the key here is 
to be spitfire angry, mad that you gave up 52 and to not be complacent. Say, ah, well, we played within 10. You know, we'll, we'll have a better chance next week. Lance Leifel wants this team to be hacked off that they've lost now two in a row, and that's not acceptable. And, yeah, we've had seasons where they lost 12 in a row, but at Kansas, we don't want to lose consecutive weeks in this new regime and this new era. And so having that mindset, attacking the practice week with it, I think is, is key for Kansas, and they're doing that so far this week. Yeah, it's interesting um, that we look ahead to Baylor as a it's not it's not a game that Kansas should win to go to to go to Waco and win, but it is a very uh, comfortable and nice feeling to know that they could go to Waco and win. Like just the, just the turnaround, it, it always surprises in a good way of how good it feels to be like, yeah, Kansas could totally go to Waco and win that game. Um, real quick, and I know you're at Big 12 Media Days for hoops. Any – Coach Leipold didn't give much insight onto the chances of Jalen Daniels playing other than he wasn't practicing. I, it feels like the chances are almost zero, right, that Daniels is ready to go this week. You know, Coach isn't saying anything publicly. Not, nothing in-house has been said to update his status other than he's improving by the day. But there was a tweet that um, whether it was Pete Thamel or Bruce Feldman, I can't remember, it came out on Saturday morning, one of the National College football writers, and, and he referenced, you guys can look it up while I'm waxing poetic here, or trying to, uh, he referenced that the most realistic return for Jalen would be after the bye, and, and there was a chance it could happen as soon as Oklahoma State but it would be after the bye week, and that would be at the earliest, the tweet said. So not to take that by gospel, as gospel, because that's coming from somebody outside the program, but nobody inside the program is going to say anything in the meantime. They're going to keep their cards close to the vest and, and be very careful with this. But I would say that you know they remain optimistic and encouraged with just how much he's improving steadily and, and his attitude. It, it would not surprise you if you know anything about Jalen and just how he constantly walks around with a, a smile on his face and he's just so upbeat and positive. He's felt from the onset of this thing that he was going to beat any recovery timeline that was thrown at him. And I think that there continues to be optimism, uh, you know, internally, but they're not going to say anything externally about that. So um, I'm preparing as I put my, my spotting boards together. It's uh, Jason Bean still atop that depth chart. And the only thing we have officially from, from Coach yesterday was that Jalen did not practice yesterday. Kobe Bryant did not practice yesterday. And so it's next man up. But you do get a chance to heal up next week with the open date. So maybe we're having a different conversation. Uh, let's flip the calendar to November with Oklahoma State coming in. But uh, it's still a significant injury. And yet, still guarded optimism that, that uh, you know he can beat some of the reports that are out there. Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks, joining us here, and we'll uh, transition to to basketball. Of course, you're at Big 12 Media Days uh, right now, Brian, and uh, the, some preseason polls came out for Kansas basketball. The Big 12 coaches poll has Baylor at first and Kansas in second, and then the AP Top 25 preseason poll came out where Kansas and Baylor tied for fifth right now. Uh, I think that's a credit, obviously, to Bill Self, and even though you've got a ton of newcomers coming into this team, um, you know, nationally, at least, the, the AP still feels pretty solid about the Jayhawks' chances. Where do you land on that? And, of course, you know, preseason polls really don't mean a whole lot, but I, I do think it's a testament to the overall culture and program that the Jayhawks have. 
Yeah, it, it really is. And, and I think that uh, Kansas has done an excellent job of, of restocking the shelves after losing Ochai Abaji and Christian Brown to the first round of the NBA draft. David McCormick's playing professionally overseas now. Remy Martin, it's going to be interesting to see where his next move is. But he was obviously such an integral part of our national championship run. And so, um, you know, when you lose the, the magnitude of talent that Kansas did there, and yet your preseason top five, what? Who does that? You know, only the Blue Bloods can do that to that degree. But it's also aided by this day and age that we're in in the transfer portal. And to get a Kevin McCullough-type talent from Texas Tech who did not make it as one of the top six players on the All-Big 12 preseason team but was nipping at the heels, I think, and very much play ahead of some of the guys on that list, um, it, it speaks to how – uh, stabilized, you know, Kansas is in terms of adding a veteran piece like that. It's going to be such a tremendous addition on both ends of the floor. So I, I think um, that that makes Kansas instantly, from an experience standpoint, with Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCuller, a third-year point guard running the show back there. Uh, it's it's going to help you a lot. DeWan Harris you don't worry as much about losing guys with, with a lot of experience like Ochai and David and, and, and Christian Brown, because you've got that, that influx of, of veteran, you know, 50 start type guys with Kevin McCullough. Now, how do you sprinkle in the new faces and how much do you lean, particularly on these new freshman bigs? Obviously Grady Dick and MJ Rice are going to play a prominent role on this team, but some of your most established and, and, uh, and proven talent coming back is at their position where you've got a gape and a hole and opportunity is in the post vacated by David McCormick. And so, you know, how do guys like Ernest Uday Jr. and Zuby Edifor step in right away and, and how much can you lean on them? What is Cam Martin, who was a transfer from Missouri Southern State University a year ago that sat out all season? What does he bring the front court. He's not the athlete that those two are that I mentioned earlier. They were both four and five star recruits and in one case a McDonald's All American. You know, you're not getting the same level of athleticism, but he's a he's a pick and pop guy. He, he can play tough inside as Bill Self has described him. He's country strong. Um, how much do they lean on him early? I don't know. Um I, I think clearly the ceiling uh, when it comes to Kansas front court, is highest in talking about Ernest and Zuby. And I think Self really loves the personality of, of Ernest. And, and we say personality. I'm not talking about wowing guys with great one-liners and zingers here at Media Day. I'm talking about a guy who plays with energy, plays with enthusiasm, a smile on his face. He's infectious with his, his energy and, and his positivity on the floor. And uh, we haven't always had that. From the big man position, there's certainly some good examples of it, but um, usually that comes from a point guard. And yet, Ernest, I, I think, you know, in, in some of the early practice glimpses that I've got, he brings that to the degree that Bill Self is, is absolutely loving this freshman. And that doesn't mean he starts right away, but I think he's in the mix for significant responsibilities. Now, everybody wants to hear me talk about Grady Dick, obviously, around in Wichita. And then he's yeah. had you know, some, some big moments clearly in the preseason, too. I, I only buried the lead with Grady just because, you know, there, there's other wing talent there. But he's certainly going to be a, a high-volume guy in terms of minutes and opportunities to score the ball. Still, you know, going through what some of the freshmen typically go through in, in terms of uh, you know, day-in, day-out consistency and that kind of thing. But there's a, a ton of excitement about what he brings. And he's such a great athlete, tremendous shooter. Uh, obviously, he's trying to get stronger in, in the strength program with Ramsey Nijem. 
But uh, love what he brings. Love what MJ Rice brings. MJ's behind Grady right now, I'd say, in, in his development just a little bit. Uh, but they're both McDonald's All-Americans. And so but my point in, in waiting to, to unveil, you know, the Grady Dick conversation is simply that, you know, we've got some more established guys that early in the season they'll lean on heavier. But that's not to say that Grady doesn't, in this first month, rise up and have a 20-plus point game that helps you win. Uh, that's in there. And we're going to see it at some point. But, uh, I think, you know, he's, he's still getting acclimated and figuring out, you know, how much of an alpha he needs to be on a team that has Jalen Wilson as its face and focal point, a team that has Kevin McCuller uh, coming in as, as a veteran, you know, upperclassman player that's it's a captain type as well. So Grady's picking his spots right now, but he's fearless. He's, I, you know, watching him, he's not afraid to get his and, and, and put up those shots. And I love his, his silky smooth jumper from the outside. And I think as, as he rounds himself into a complete player on, on both ends of the floor in all aspects of what Bill Self demands from his, his players, you're going to see a really dynamic talent. But we're in the top of the first inning, okay? You know, they've had 13 preseason practices at this point. So it's tough to give you a whole lot on, on what he's projecting as this early. But uh, they're definitely excited about him. And I can tell Self loves him. And, you know, you're just trying to coach these guys up and, and let them understand the the caliber of, of what's expected in terms of intensity, toughness, all that. And, and for every Kansas freshman or transfer that first month under Bill's self is a month of great intensity and awakening because the guy that had that charming Oklahoma draw and, and just a million-dollar smile and your best friend in recruiting now jumps your butt in practice you know, on a pretty regular basis. And it's an intensity that some of these guys you know, need some, some thick skin to get used to. And all of our freshmen right now are going through that right now. So I, I think we'll, we'll see them all become more consistent and we'll see rotations and roles start to be defined and leaders start to emerge beyond the obvious. But as Bill Self is quick to point out, even though we return a lot of reserves from last year's title team, the only two guys that have really lifted heavy weight uh, that had a hand in that championship are Jalen Wilson, Dewan Harris. It's not to take anything away from a KJ Adams or a Joe Yesifu or something, Zach Clement, something like that. But but the guys that were, you know, absolutely heavy lifters, there's just two of them coming back. And so everybody else right now is is learning what it feels like to, to step into a new role and what's expected of you. And they're all going through you know, they say dog days of summer. I think now it's a dog days of October when when they can really get their hands on these guys and really start to get grinding. Uh, that that's when you start to see you know the moving and shaking happen within the depth chart and and roles being defined. And that's been fun to watch. So it's gonna be interesting because it's it's coming up fast. And in a few weeks we're gonna be talking to you live from Indianapolis and, and Kansas and Duke tipping it all off. And uh, it's it's amazing to think how much the roster will have turned over by then and yet how the expectations at both of those programs are still very much the same, and I can't wait for that. Yeah, we're, we're close, Brian, and we'll, we'll dig more into the basketball roster because I have other questions about guys and, and things, and it's, it feels like a lifetime ago since the national title game, and it's here, and I think football has something to do with that. It's, it's sort of we haven't had the anticipation for basketball as much for all the good reasons, right? It's because football's been really yeah. good. Uh, okay, Brian, point. we we appreciate these visits. I know you're slammed down there, Big 12 Media Days, so enjoy it today, and thanks for joining us each and every Wednesday here. Appreciate you guys. Also appreciate the Mattress Hub. Check them out at the mattresshub.com website, mattresshub.com. And uh, you can do what I did. I'm getting the best night's sleep of my life now. And 
purple mattresses. Try out the Tempur-Pedic. Try out the Sealy. Try out all the different brands. They'll, they'll let you try it for 100 days and, and make sure it's the best night's sleep that you want. And, uh, and in my case, I went through the Tempur-Pedic. It wasn't the right fit for me, so I wound up with the purple. And it's the coolest night's sleep. It's the best back support. I love it. But the customer service that guided me through that process to find the right fit for me is what makes them the best. So check them out today. Wichita owned and operated, originated right there in Wichita, the mattress hub. Thanks, guys. There goes Brian Haney. Early kick time for KU and Waco this weekend. You'll hear it right here on KFH. We'll come back. Some thoughts on uh, that conversation and more on Sports Daily on a Wednesday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 